Hey, Dave. What up? I got some good news and I got some bad news. I don't know if I want to hear this right now, but the good news. Let's hear it. The good news is that 98% of my hard drive was recovered. Don't do it to me, Bob. Bob. But the bad news is that we gotta we gotta do something. So run it back. We got to run it back. No. We got to run it back, dude. No. So here we go. Episode 11, transition. No. (laughs) No. Serious fun. One way or another, it's going to work out, Dave. (laughs) <laughs> we got to run it back, dude. He's taking a sip of water. He's collecting himself because I have given Dave some of the hardest news he's going to hear all day long is that we got to run it back, bro. I'm so sorry, dude. I'm so sorry. Those files, those two episodes were the corrupted files that was causing everything to crash. No, dude. Can you believe it? No. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, here's, we're going to run it back, but the good news is that you're prepared for this already. You already know a lot of the content, which means you're going to be able to contribute differently than you did or didn't last time because it was so painful. So, Dave. I blocked it all out. I don't even know. That's perfect. It's like it, it, it's like you're going to be like hearing it, it for the first happened. time. It's like it oh, never happened. Bob. I know, dude. All right. So. I'm here. We are going to talk about. I'm going to. I intend to give a different take and a deconstruction on the trans movement and the, quote, trans community. And I need to start with a caveat. What I'm about to take people on a journey on, it is in no way an indictment on anyone's individual decision to choose to transition their physical body into something that they may uh, feel more comfortable with, okay? I believe in personal autonomy and freedom. Sovereignty, that's why, That's one of the main tenets of the show, is to talk about sovereignty. So if some individual were to t- choose on a sovereign basis to take that, that is none of my business. However, I want to take everybody on a little journey, and that includes you, on a different way to perceive what has been going on. Because... I believe that what we're witnessing through the quote-unquote trans movement is something that has happened before, maybe not in the United States, but it has happened before, and we need to talk about it. I believe that the trans issue, trans, uh, you could call it uh, rights, uh, you could call it, ah, man, you could call it a community, whatever this is, I believe to be the fault line for 
what could potentially be the transhumanistic future that we've been discussing so far through AI and through big tech. Whether you believe that or not doesn't matter. But it is going to be the fault line in in many respects and in no uncertain terms. It is a cultural revolution with the intent to overthrow the current social order. So, the byproduct or the goal of this, in my opinion, will be to centralize power and authority. And I imagine, I believe that the trans, quote-unquote, community is being leveraged against their knowledge or consent. They're being nudged to participate in this because they are by the numbers and by their account, very vulnerable to uh, people taking advantage of them. And I personally believe that you could call it empire, you could call it the deep state, you could call it whatever terms you want to call it, but I believe that they use the most vulnerable people among us to try to bring about what they would like to see. So I am actually here on behalf of if you can believe it, of the LGBTQIA+, and any other individual that may give away their mind to the group think. Because when you do that, tough shit can happen. Can you name any times in the, in the history of the world where group think has gone wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> can you name any? Uh, I mean... The whole Nazism thing was pretty bad. Was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, you know, you you got to put slavery pretty high on that list. Hugely high on that yeah, list. Pretty high. Very high. Uh, there's a whole host of of human transgressions that could be very high on that list. And then there's you know politicians, religions. These are all examples of groupthink. I've been watching a show on Netflix called How to Be a Cult Leader. It's a follow-up show on, uh, they did one on how to be a dictator. And it's basically a satire. The way that it's spoken is like, you want to be a dictator, you want to be a cult leader, and and they're teaching you how to do it. And of course, that's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing that they do. But but I've been watching things on on cult leaders, and shoot, there's a uh, a lot of issues with cults leading to group suicide. You remember the, um, Heaven's Gate? Remember that those people that thought Haley's comet was gonna Halley's comet was just gonna take people away on a magical spiritual ride to the heavens and they drank the Kool Aid? You know that? Say no. that word one more time. Which one? The last word you said. Tour. <laughs> Keep going. With it. <laughs> what do you What do you drink? The red drink. Oh, the, the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Kool Aid, dude? What do you call it? Keep going. What do you call? What do you call it? Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It's Kool Aid. Like, and I'm saying tour, and it's like, you know, it's tour. It's Kool Aid. <laughs> it's Q. Q. It's Q. Okay. Yeah. So groupthink can go terribly wrong, and I think that we are being nudged into this massive groupthink, and I think that it's being done intentionally. So if you want to create a if you want to overthrow the social order, if you want to create a cultural revolution, there are just a couple of things that you have to do. The first thing you need to do is you need to create friction. And the way you create friction is to pit one group against the other. It's, you know, divide and conquer. We do that in politics anyway, you know, in the United States. We intentionally create friction to try to put people on the left and on the right. But in this case, it's taken a little bit further. So you got to create friction. 
by pitting one group against the other. And then you got to hide or obscure the truth. You have to hide it. You have to change it. And then once you've done that enough, you you then begin to harness and weaponize the vulnerable. And so what I'm going to do is, with that being the frame, create friction, hide or obscure the truth, and then use that to weaponize the vulnerable. Keep that in mind as we go through this, because you're going to hear a lot of conflict language in some of even the news that we're going to deconstruct, and you're certainly going to hear some conflict language as I continue to uh, uh, bring this uh, tapestry of, of thoughts out. But if you'll recall, Dave, this episode turned out to be huge, huge, huge. Huge, huge, huge. So we had to break it up into two. So I'm not going to make you sit through both of them today, okay? Thank you, dude. You're welcome, man. I'm going to give you a little fist bump. But what we are going to do is we're going to start with what to me was the first tipping point where this was being brought to the front. And this is how they started sneaking in in the news was, at least in my lexicon, these were the first big debates uh, outside of the restrooms Outside of the restrooms, this was like the first big battleground. Your development in the debate over transgender athletes' rights. The Biden administration is now proposing new regulations that would prevent schools and colleges from enacting outright bans in sports. This is going to set up a clash with states that have already put them in place. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is at the White House with the new details. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Nora. The proposed change would make categorically banning all transgender athletes a violation of Title IX, the federal law barring schools from discriminating on the basis of sex. Just this week, Kansas became the 20th state to impose a blanket ban. But the new rule would also allow K-12 schools and universities to restrict, in some cases, the participation of transgender students if it undermines fairness on the field or could lead to injuries. It's, in essence, a compromise between those seeking to ban transgender athletes because they might have an unfair advantage and those trying to protect transgender athletes' rights to participate in sports consistent with their gender identity. There are several current federal court challenges to the blanket bans across the country, setting up a confrontation between the Biden administration and mostly Republican-led states. So it, it they framed it already as a us versus them, or at least a, there are two sides to this. Thus far, they are whom, Dave? Us versus them. Who's well? I'm, I'm not going to put myself in either of those categories. I'm neither an us nor them, and I don't think you should do that either. In this, if you want to come out of this unscathed, they have set it up in the news. They framed it between what they said, the Biden administration or the left and the conservatives on the right, that this issue around around athletics is has nothing to do with science. It has everything to do with politics. And there's two sides of those. There's a left and there's a right. Okay, let's see if we can hear it. See if they continue to set it up this way. Here's another one. A major decision in the world of international sports. Track and field's governing body is now banning transgender athletes from competition. The decision bans athletes who transition from male to female and who have gone through male puberty. The organization is saying it took the step, quote, to protect the female category. It effectively blocks trans athletes from the 2024 Olympics. In response, transgender athlete Leah Thomas said, quote, this rule is devastating and only detrimental to women's sports. It only serves to exclude any women who are not deemed woman enough. Well, with all due respect to Leah Thomas, uh, I don't I don't know if Leah Thomas has gone through the full transition yet. But in my in my opinion, if you're 
if you're if you got the matching set downstairs that belongs to the biological man, I, I don't think I just don't think you're woman enough. What Brooks is trying to say is if you have a dick and balls, you're still a dude. I mean <sighs> identification or not, it, it I could imagine that that could be at least a little disconcerting for the other women on the platform that are about to swim against Leah Thomas. Or in the locker room. Yeah. I mean... I believe Leah Thomas now identifies as a lesbian and is also still dating females. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... That's quite the gambit. Quite the gambit. And it's actually... uh, Dude, it's it's a big statement for the Olympics to take a stand on this officially. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's either you just have like an open category and everybody competes as everyone, which decimates women's sports, or you have it separate. And everything except chess. And you know what? I wouldn't be opposed, or I'm open to, and other people have proposed a third category. Yeah, sure. Why not? Have the transgender Olympics. Why not? Yeah, they should have the steroid Olympics too. Well, they already do, kind of. They just choose who they pick and who they don't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they definitely allow for some... Well, they, they should have the transgender Olympics, they should have the steroid Olympics, and they should have the regular dudes Olympics with and gals Olympics with a quarter of the team Olympians for whatever sport. I like that. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. That could be fun to create some mixed teams. Mixed teams. Just mixed like CrossFit. Some, yeah, some mixed teams. You get like a couple regular Joes. And a couple regular Janes, and then you get a couple studs, you know, and you you let them out. You let them rip. And, th- and, and it's the great leveler. I would be totally open to that for entertainment purposes. You know, this would also be, and I'm sorry to derail, but I've also wanted to see, like, like one professional golfer with three amateurs in a scramble that like really matters, you know? So it's like, of course it's like the main one professional golfer versus the main other professional golfer, but you never know. It's golf. Some dude. Of the you, scramblers, you, hit, dude. you hit three to nine sh- good shots every, every time putting's putting somebody hits the first one, gives the lie away or, you know, the, the roll away. I mean, dude, bro, I've been in quite a few only amateur scrambles in my day. And even in those things, man, people hit hole in ones. People do all kinds of crazy stuff in the scrambles. I'm open to a completely mixed form of the Olympics. What I'm saying is, is that let's just put that on the shelf that the Olympics has chosen sides that will could be relevant to some information that you're going to get even in the next show. I'm going to bring it back. I want to, the whole point that I, I want to start with is that the create the friction must be created because most people don't inherently, I, I say this, most people don't inherently dislike other people that they don't know. They just are neutral about it on average. I don't mind if anybody identifies as anything they want to on average. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't change my way of life and it my existence probably doesn't change their way of life in any way. However, if you need, if you are going to benefit from the friction and from the, uh, uh, yeah, the chaos that gets created, you you need to stoke it. And so I'm going to shift over to another uh, news clip about gender affirming care and a, a bill that got passed in Montana. 
Breaking news, Montana's governor signed a bill tonight to ban gender-affirming medical care for young people, including surgeries and hormone treatments. The state's battle over the bill led to the removal of the state's first openly transgender lawmaker from the House floor. More than a dozen states now ban the treatment for minors. So Montana has chosen to ban, quote-unquote, gender-affirming care. When you hear the term gender-affirming care, what does it imply? that a kid has made a decision that his biological or her biological gender is not the way that they now currently feel or identify and need to have, I mean, care implies that it's good for you and uh, you're affirming the gender of the child through supposedly care, but what turns into essentially giving kids steroids or estrogen and lopping off body parts yes so what we're going to do they mentioned in the last clip that one of the uh floor representatives was banned from the floor and this is that human being discussing they're going to this is an extension of that article so we can get more information and i want you to pay close attention to this human and just just pay close attention and see what kind of cues you can pick up legislature has systematically attacked that community. We have seen bills targeting our art forms, our books, our history, and our health care. Listen to that huff, Hufflepuff right there. Exasperated for breath. They've taken our art, our books. You know, it's probably a... We need to get this human on some nasal breathing, bro. Two two flights of stairs and done type deal. It doesn't. They don't sound super healthy, and they sound a bit worked up. And and well, well, let's give them an opportunity. Legislature has systematically attacked that community. We have seen bills targeting our art forms, our books, our history, and our health care. Their history and their health care. And I rose up in defense of my community that day, speaking to harms that these bills bring and that I have firsthand experience knowing about. I have had friends who have taken their lives because of these bills. I have fielded calls from families in Montana, including one family whose trans teenager attempted to take her life while watching a hearing on one of the anti-trans bills. And in that hearing, our caucus pleaded with the Republican chair of the Judiciary Committee to not allow certain testimony to keep decorum. And we were told a lot of people have a lot of opinions on these things. So when I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. This human got banned from the floor because they said there's blood on your hands for passing this bill. And I don't mean to be insensitive to that poor young soul that took their life over seeing a... First of all, how many young kids are watching C-SPAN? I mean, already I'm a bit suspicious of the story. I have met literally zero children who watch things like C-SPAN and watch legislative hearings. Second, I... It is almost proving my point how vulnerable and fragile the community is, is if legislator leg, legislation is enough to drive them to suicide. I at think the, at the state level. At the state level. I, I think that 
that should also kind of signal that we're not we're not working with people that are sturdy in their beliefs and sturdy in their identity that they're so shaken that they would commit suicide over something that likely doesn't impact them in the way that they think that it does but there may be a reason that they think that and I imagine it's because they're being told that. Yeah, if you're not sturdy in your identity or safety or, you know, how you feel as a human being as a 5 to 14-year-old, it's not your fault. It's the environment's fault. They're being pushed and nudged into fear, into fearing that they're under attack and that the way that the other human was positioning the non-gender affirming care bill is that it was an attack on their community it's an attack on their art it's an attack on their history they're they are saying that and people who are following them like that young teen that i don't even know if that's a real true uh, true story i'm going to take their word for it that this this human you know killed themselves because of it but is it possible that the the reason that they're doing that is because they're told being told things that actually aren't true, that they are under, quote, attack, and that this is a, uh, a hyper-conservative, what do you call it, like extremist position to deny kids uh, what they call gender-affirming care, but as you've pointed out, may not be care in the way that is actually care. Um, let's continue, because again, I... I wanted to start with the fact that friction is being created and it's being created by people like this. These types of laws have been used to ban drag shows, to ban drag shows. See, that right there is fact check false. It's not that drag shows have been banned. And in fact, I, I there could be, there could have been a state that completely outright banned drag shows, but I don't believe that's accurate. I'll take my state, Tennessee, for example. They made it illegal for minors to attend drag shows. Okay, great. Does that sound overly no, problematic? Minor, minors shouldn't go to strip clubs either. Is that an attack on no. trans no. humans? No. But it's being positioned that they've been banned. So either this Colorado House of Representative Democrat doesn't actually know what they're talking about or they're saying lies, and I'm open to both being true. These types of laws have been used to ban drag shows, to target individuals who use the restroom of the sex that they identify with, a public restroom, to charge them with felony charges. I am very just just FYI on that one too. The felony charges were if you expose yourself to another human in those bathrooms. Yeah, you shouldn't be fucking throwing your willy around. You shouldn't do that, period. Yeah. That's in what I'm any saying. bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. But they're saying it's like, no, if you even use the bathroom, you're 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 it's a felony charge. I was like, no, that's not entire that's fact check false. It's a manipulation of the truth concerned about the attacks against the transgender community that are happening across the country. When I initially read this bill, it did not even come to mind for me either as an advocate. But as I've looked at the bills and as I've talked to my colleagues who are fighting these types of bills across the country, it's very clear to me that the language is very much mirrored 
in some of the laws that have been used to target members of our community because of who they are. When she says our community, she means black. So one of the ways that the trans movement has, uh, one of the tactics is to uh, try to compare its oppression to other disparaged groups. And with all due respect, even to trans, I don't, uh, you don't choose your ethnicity. You don't choose your skin color. You don't choose any of those things. And it's worn on the outside. You can't undo it. Part of what makes trans and being an African of African ethnicity is that it's not obviously apparent necessarily. uh, It's not inherently apparent like it would be with your skin color. That's the first thing. And second of all, Trans humans, to the best of my knowledge, weren't enslaved. They, they've been discriminated against uh, for many different reasons. There's lots of bigots out there. But as far as this woman has suggested, uh, it's, it's not the same. And I think it's a shame for even a, a, a black woman to even suggest that at the same time. Let's go through one more of these trans law uh, news reports. This one's from EBC, uh, NBC legislation targeting LGBTQ people has just been growing exponentially over the last three years. So you have this is actually going to be a key clip because this human being, whoever this is on the other end of this, is about to give you the core argument of the uh, trans movement. And most of it is completely false. More than 400 bills targeting LGBTQ people that have been filed so far this year in state legislatures. And as those have been filed, they've been growing increasingly more extreme. And the best example we have of that is gender affirming care bans. So when those were first filed a few years ago, they targeted minors, which advocates said was still already very extreme. More recently this year, we saw the first ever bill that would have banned gender affirming care for people up to 26 years old. So as they're growing more extreme, um, conservatives are also uh, feeling like they can add on these bills that would have previously sparked more backlash like bathroom bills. And as you just noted, bathroom bills are not happening in a vacuum. There was a new PBS NewsHour NPR Marist poll that found 43% of Americans now support laws criminalizing gender-affirming care for minors. 54 percent oppose such laws. That's a 15 percentage point increase since April of 2021. So when you look at all of these anti-LGBTQ bills that have been proposed, the gender affirming care bans, bans on education about gender identity, do you see a difference in the outrage to these bills? Yes, absolutely. We've seen a huge difference in outrage, for example, to what advocates have dubbed Florida's Don't Say Gay and Trans bill, which targets education um, there and between... um do you recall what the what they it says they've dubbed it the don't say gay bill but do you know what the actual law is no you can't do sex education for kids that are like kindergarten through second grade that's what they did no sorry you can't teach sex ed to tiny kids at school to <laughs> tiny kids that's all that they did but it's been sensationalized to be an attack of some kind. Yeah, calling it don't say gay. Nobody said don't say gay. It's it's you just don't teach sex education to kids of a certain age, which seems like a total no-brainer. But it's being spun up to be some kind of attack on this particular group. And again, 
if you want to stir and create friction, you have to use language that implies that there's a war going on. And so one of the common words that's used often Attack. is, is are you an ally? I don't know of any other language set that uses the term ally outside of all-out war and choosing sides than movements like this. So the war, quote-unquote, is between cis and trans. Because although they're going to be quick to try to tell you it's LGBTQIA, a lot of the L's and the G's are about to get cut out because they, many... L's, for example, are considered radical feminists, and I believe it's they're called TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, i.e. biological women that believe that biological women are biological women, and that it requires being biological to be a woman. So and they just and they also like women. So and they also like women. So they're being now considered extremists. <clears throat> they're getting put into the extremists, and they're going to get kicked out. Don't don't you worry. And the G's, because they're men, they were the first to get put back out of there. Oh no, you you're part of the patriarchy. Even though you're gay, you're part of the patriarchy. So this is not good. And the political party unit that has been lumped together in the form of the LGBTQIA plus 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 is getting broken up. It's mostly getting split in the middle. Are you cis or are you trans? Are you an ally or not? This whole setting up the war thing is gonna ha- is is creating problems, okay? Uh, and so I'm not, you know, I've I've picked on the left so far of those tending to be the people stoking the fire, but they're not the only ones. This is a Florida lawmaker who's saying some pretty radical stuff as well, and I think this is important to deconstruct because this ain't helping shit either. A Florida lawmaker is apologizing for remarks he made about transgender people while debating a bill to regulate the use of public bathrooms. State Representative Webster Barnaby made the remarks while addressing transgender people at a hearing. This is the planet Earth, where God created men, male, and women, female. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you are part of this world. Barnaby later apologized to the trans community for, quote, referring to you as demons. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you messed up there, Florida lawmaker. Oh, man. It's not cool, dude. Whatever. Not cool, man. And and I'm about to I'm about to bring up a word that I thought about, and I think it applies here. This is a bit of a side tangent, but what he is really what he uh, uh well he didn't say it i'm not even going to put words in his mouth i am in no way going to try to justify what that guy said period however i did i thought about the word degeneracy when you hear that word what do you think hear uh degenerate yeah what's a degenerate just a uh, low down good for nothing not want to hang out with past midnight type Folks, well, the noun version it means an immoral or corrupt person, but to degenerate, to degenerate means to it stop says, the flow, having lost the physical, mental, or moral qualities considered normal and desirable, showing evidence of decline. And when you think about what this movement has come to signify, 
this has gotten away from rights. This has gotten away from the right to exist and to express openly. And it's, in a way, been a call for open degeneracy to lose your physical, mental, or moral qualities that were considered normal and desirable. Well, let's just talk about the physical. People are, you know, that that group is slowly, you know, morphing into an amorphous, non-binary type of group where you literally can't tell by the physical. So the, the physical is degenerating. I want you to keep the mental and moral side of the degeneration at the top of mind because it's it is coming up and in fact it's getting stoked you ever listen to the the young turks no this is this is chank unger and uh this is on guns and trans I'll be a little bit of a hypocrite here but it's not I'll explain why I'm saying it. I don't like guns I would ban assault weapons in a second. I, we can go on and on about the gun control that we need in this country. And I always tell people, don't get guns. It'll make you less safe. I'm going to make an exception here for trans people. They are actually in danger. They have had hundreds of laws passed against them. They have right-wing media ginning up fear against them 24-7. Is it the right-wing media ginning up fear against the trans? Or is it people like this? Who's telling them they are targeting more danger. than any other group in America? And if That's anyone right. should get guns, it should be trans Americans. Okay, because I'm worried for them. I'm worried that the right wing lunatics are going to attack them as they have over and over again. And by the way, it's not just right wing lunatics; other people attack trans folks as well. That, oh, thanks for the caveat. Thanks there. for the caveat there. Right? Yeah, this is that's just dumb. Dude, it's, it's, it's all right wings, <clears throat> except, you know, it's actually not. But this whole thing's going to lose steam, man. It's just, it's too, it's too far-fetched. We will continue to unravel why it's going to, why it's going to lose steam, and I'm glad that you're already there. But is it right wing lunatics that are, that are spinning these people up, or is it people like the Montana congressperson is it people like the colorado congress democrat is it people like chank unger telling them that yo y'all are so much in danger you need to protect yourself and guess what man they're not the only ones out there pushing violence in the trans side trans people in tennessee it's time to fucking fight trans allies in tennessee it's time to fucking fight this person is reacting to the to the bill that that banned uh children's attendance into drag shows and this is an attack so this was their response Trans women, if they lock you up for identifying as a woman, fight, resist. You're going to die anyways. We're going to die anyways. It's time to fucking resist. Fight them. Hurt them. If they put their hands on you, beat them. Dave literally took his fucking headphones off so he doesn't have to listen. Oh, my God. This is great. We are at an attack. It's time to fight back. Do you hear me? Trans people in Tennessee, trans men, trans women, non-binary, fight. If they try to arrest you or have you arrested on a felony for existing, beat them, team up, gang together, get people who agree with you. This person can't breathe through their nose that well. It gives me the impression that they do a lot of cocaine, which could be part of what's fueling their hate-fueled rant here. Uh, But they're also just, they're repeating talking points that they've heard that you can be it can be illegal and it can be uh, a, a, a felony for you to just exist. Not true, buddy. Come and or fight. Or gal. 
carry a weapon at all times. And yes, you have to attack the police officer. Yes, you have to attack the police officer. Allegedly. But it's time. It's time. If they're going to try to jail and police you for existing, you fight them. You fight them. And if they lock you in prison, fuck up the guards. Yo. Bust out of prison. Jump in with other trans people. It's time we organize a prison bust in Tennessee, guys. Oh, prison bust. It's time we organize That's a prison a bust. Idea. It's time we start fighting. It's time. If they put their hands on you, fight them. Trans people, fight them. We will not let them create a genocide of trans people. I am so tired. I was in a live the other day with two trans people who denied this. Out of my way. So that right there, he was in line. Uh, he, she, they was in line with somebody who, with actual other trans people that denied it. And he's like, nope, kick him out. You got to kick him out. And that's this. Out of my way. I disown any trans person who disagrees with this notion. You are not allowed at the fucking table. It's time to fucking fight. Trans genocides around the corner. Stop debating cis people in your existence. I do not debate. My existence is not a conversation. We fucking fight now or we die. And we're not going to die debating cis people. They're going to have the last word. They're joining your life to call you a man. They're joining your life to call you a woman. They're joining your life to misgender you, to get the right pronouns, to tell you that you're not existent. They're fucking with you and you're an idiot. Well, that sounds like a completely well-adjusted human being. Was this person arrested or charged with inciting violence? Or anything of that nature. To the best of my ability, uh, to the best of my knowledge, that's just somebody having a um, delusional fueled rant yeah. on TikTok. But the thing is, is that that type of uh, call it had an effect. Very shortly after these videos went out, there was a human being, a trans man, quote unquote, a woman that was transitioning into a man that went and shot up a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. This 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 clown. Is now one with blood on their hands. This is just so dumb, dude. Well, uh, this is this is it's more stuff like this that is causing the issues. I'm I'm we're going into this because it is relevant and important to the overall theme. They obviously didn't release a motive as to why she shot up the school, but I have a pretty good guess. What have Christians been doing lately? They've been banning books about LGBT. They- <laughs> Another. Fake talking point. They've been banning books about LGBT. No, they've been banning sex education books for kids that dis- discuss way more information than most kids are prepared to understand. And uh, in a way, it's, you know, in no uncertain terms, pornography. They, they show animated pornography. Yeah, those have been banned. Yeah, that is correct. They've been discriminating against the LGBT. They are banning drag shows. Fact check false. So people are screaming, oh my God, it's a hate crime against Christians. But how about they are the ones that were bullying her first? And I can't help but think this trans man targeted a Christian school that he attended that he may have had very negative experiences at. How much the anti-LGBTQ legislation impacted his mental health to push him to this point. People don't just go up and, 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 and shoot up a Christian school being the demographic that they are in the political climate that we're in just because they felt like it, like all of the other mass shootings when all of these dudes like just did it for fun or 
you know, they're anti-Semitic or nobody would fuck them, you know, like those reasons. It seems like he was an old student from that Christian academy, also in Tennessee, where they recently banned drag shows in a law that is so vague. My wife, who wears men's clothes but identifies as a woman, could get arrested walking down the streets of Tennessee. Fact check false. And Dave, where we started this episode was for you to, I asked you like a little bit about groupthink and other times where groupthink went wrong. What was like one of the key themes for the groupthink? Is that, yeah, what was one of the key things that seemed to be present in all those examples? Oppression. Oppression and the justification of horrendous things. Yes. And what I just heard in there was the justification of some horrendous stuff. And said, well, they probably had it coming. They probably had it coming. That was the reason. And then, and then, even after this horrible thing has happened, you get other people trying to justify it through this type of logic. Aiden Hale. That's the name of the Nashville shooter. This video is about to be very uncomfortable for a lot of us. It's very uncomfortable for me to talk about, but we need to talk about it. It's very uncomfortable for Dave, too. Aiden did a very horrendous thing. Period. Point blank. We need pew-pew reform in our country. But the way that the media... Yuck. We need pew-pew reform. Discount everything you say after this, but I'm going to play it anyway. Yeah, and the police are misgendering and deadnaming Aiden is quite concerning. It's also concerning that I had to go to the Telegraph from UK to actually get Aiden's chosen name. Because that's the real problem, is that you couldn't get their 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 chosen name. So concerning. It's, it's the it's the most horrific part about upsetting it. That it's upsetting. Constantly, it is she her pronouns. That is incredibly frustrating. Because even though they did this horrible thing, does not mean that we get to to do those things. That's a boundary, and we can hold people accountable without being transphobic, even for some of the most horrendous things. So while you're watching this, also watch for transphobia because that's very clearly coming out. That's the thing you got to worry about, Dave, is the transphobia built into the news coverage of this horrible thing. It's it's because we're trans. Scared. We're so scared of trans people that we just we got to pay attention to it. So as I'm starting to end this uh, first wave or crest, so we can get to the producer break, uh, I mentioned that the main fault line is is in the trans issue, and right now you really have cis versus trans. And here's a somebody on TikTok talking about cis people. You know, one of the reasons why cis people think they're real or natural or the default is because they've fallen into the trap of the myth of white supremacy. Yup, they're connected. So if you no, think no, no, like trans go. women are women, or if you call people trans but then refuse to call yourself cis if you're cis, that means that you have been influenced by one of the original influencers. The siblings, the twin siblings of colonialism and the myth of white supremacy. And those twin influencer siblings get paid by capitalism to influence. They have literally influenced you to believe that there is a version of a man and a woman that is more human than all the other versions. Sound familiar? Yep. White dominant culture, colonialism, capitalism, they've been working real hard on us. Remember, just like with any influencer trend that is toxic, we don't have to believe it and we don't have to follow it. And in fact, we can even point out the ludicrousness and make it completely obsolete. Let's listen to that last little part again. I think that's going to be important to keep in mind real hard on us. Remember, just like with any influencer trend that is toxic, we don't have to believe it and we don't have to follow it. And in fact, we can even point out the ludicrousness and make it completely obsolete. And I hope to do that because it is getting 
completely ridiculous and ludicrous how quickly we uh, the the mainstream of this argument is there to shift and shape and allow for things that were very uh, that, that are in no uncertain terms very new and very radical and it's leading to more incidents like this where everybody's just so wound up tight that even in their individual choice to express themselves like that they find themselves in situations acting like this Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. You need to settle down and mind your business, okay? Ma'am, once again, ma'am. I said both of you. No, you said sir. Once again, it's ma'am. I actually said both of you guys. Right beforehand, you fucking said sir. Sir? Motherfucker, take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a fucking sir. I apologize. Motherfucker. I apologize now. I need your corporate number. Because I'm going to talk, call them and talk about how I was misgendered several times in this store. I need your corporate number now. Well, I'm going to ask you for the fifth time to stop calling me a man. Because quite clearly, I am not. Oh my God, dude. I had to, I, I pulled this just for this moment. This, this human being, South Park nailed this. This is, here, I'm just going to play something. I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some f***ing ass. Let me tell you something, Dingleberry. David Perry. I'm going to roll up the other women here, and I'm going to smoke them. I am the strongest woman this state has ever seen. Sometimes you just got to keep it real, man. If there's one thing you get to remember about the Serious Fun Podcast, this is it. It doesn't care whether you don't know. It doesn't care whether you're nescient or ignorant. It's in effect, it's binding, and it is immutable. In what is definitely a much-needed break for our boy Dave here, let's go ahead and give this man an, a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. I received the praise. He has stepped into the pocket with us again, and we are so glad to be back into the producer segment of the Serious Fun Podcast. And what can I say, Dave? It's been a tough show for you. It has, man. I know. I'm so sorry. But I'm not. The because run, running it back has been cruel. Run, say that word. Cruel? Yeah, That see, that, that lines up. Perfectly with tour and everything. Cruel. Yeah. It's been very cruel. I have been a bit cruel to you, Dave, but and it wasn't on purpose, like I mentioned. You know, we just yeah, yeah, we had technologies a and had a tough technology. We were able to get the majority of it back, and the shows were already pre-done, so I didn't have to redo them. All I had to do was reopen the clips. That was a huge relief. Let's go ahead and <laughs> oh, that's get the round of applause for that. I'm excited that it was a bit magic that I got to get it back. So, uh, well, guess what, Dave? Yeah. Oh, we got that booty booty rocking everywhere. Let's hear it. And guess what? It's actually some new booty. We got some new booty. We're celebrating like we're doing it for the first time. Uh, Today, I told you it'd be worth it. It is. It is still worth it. Today on the show, our first executive producer coming in at $25. Mr. Captain Taylor Morgan. Let's go. And because he came in at $25, he has taken us up on our offer to leave a voice note. And this one, really, this one's just for you. Oh, God. 
Dave Robinson, ahoy. This is your captain speaking. I heard you like the booty. Well, guess what? I've got something special for you. My booty is now property of Dave Robinson. Yes. You, sir, have free range, full ownership of the captain's booty. Do with it what you will. Play around with it. Inspect it. <laughs> use it. However you see fit. My booty is yours, <laughs> Pirate Dave. And I'll have you know, just to add to the hype of this booty transfer, that my booty comes highly requested. Yes, it does. I have so many people asking for my booty. <laughs> and you know what? Very few get it. Very few get it. But Dave <laughs> Robinson, you earned it. You deserve my booty. So, please enjoy. We're living the captain's lifestyle on the I'm, Serious Fun Podcast. I'm going to need to clip that. You're going to need yeah, to clip it? At some point, yeah. yeah. When this comes out, that'll be clipped and used in very hysterical manners. Dude, uh, thank God for Taylor Morgan. Yeah, thank, you, Taylor. thank you, Taylor. We appreciate it. You're making it worthwhile for Dave Robinson over here. We'll go ahead and give him one more round of applause. Uh Brooks we, is buying ice cream. Buying ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think ice cream, it deserves more yeah, something it deserves like something this. special. Yes, thank you. Spreading that ice cream. Thank you. Jelani <laughs> Celeste. Jelani Celeste. And after that hard little track workout yeah, we had the other day, we could probably it. get a little, little fuel up Better in here. Boot it. So as... As is our tradition, this is the time when we educate people about the value-for-value value model. And I set up Dave by saying, hey, Dave, we tell them about the three Ts. Time, talent, and treasure. And if you donate your time, your talent, or your treasure, you, as the audience member, become a producer. So just for being here, just for sitting down and putting us in your earbuds, you are a producer of this show the reason that we use the value for value model is because we're talking about things like this and we're having more difficult and challenging conversations. And when you take sponsors for a show like this, oftentimes they say, hey, I'd love to give you some dollars, but I'd really appreciate it if you didn't say this or if you did say that. And slowly over time, we lose our ability to speak freely. And we are intending to keep free speech at the forefront of this. And if you are receiving value from our speech, please give it back to us in the form of your time, your talent, and your treasure. So listening, you could rate us five stars. That would be great. You could leave a kind comment. Kind comment. Talk about how much you love Dave sitting in the pocket. And how much you respect Dave for sitting in the pocket. Man, and how much we, we appreciate Mr. Brooks for putting this show together. You could... You could donate your talent. Ooh. You could donate your talent. And in the case that you were to donate a jingle, for example, it may end up on... Bop or flop. Do we have a bop or flop? Here we go. <laughs> bop or flop, Dave. Nathan.
signature has a very harmonic frequency to it. The colors are very healing. The sounds are very healing. Nature is very abundant. Nice. Dynamic intelligence within Let's let it ride. We got a bopper? Yeah, we're children. bopping, dude. Bopping! Let it ride, and I'll tell you who it's by. So children essentially embody already a very deeply connected resonance, resonance with harmonics and the intelligence of nature. Nature, nature. Go to the forest, go to the ocean. Know what is truly true. True. Go to the forest, go to the ocean. Dude. Frickin' bop, dude. Bops. And that bop belongs to none other than the Nate Bob Dude, I knew it. That had, that had the handlers. It had the handler all, all over it. Fingerprints all over it. And that was taken from a podcast that he recorded with another one of our buddies. Her name is Ana Pereira, and she was discussing about going to the forest, going to the ocean. And so that was The Forest and the Ocean. By Nate Baumgartner featuring Anna Pereira. So thank you. That is another that's a great. That's way. a great talent. That's a great talent. What are other types of talents that we'd be open and receiving? Uh, you know, uh, website help, social media help. Uh, you know, design is great. Copy's great. Marketing's great. All those things are wonderful things that help us grow. Other songs, other clips. You hear a nice clips. Clip. You hear something that you're like, ah, this would be great to hear on the show. Clips. You can, I mean, preferably you would learn how to clip the audio and just send me the audio. We would love a clip guy. We would love a clip custodian, somebody that could manage and organize all of these clips. Um, we, I've been bopping around with uh, one of our buddies, Jose, and the crew. He's part of the captain's crew. He's been working using AI to try to create us like a new logo. He's getting closer, but it's like also might be the devil. What is that, dude? Just, just take this is a dude. serious, fun AI generated thing, and like that's kind. I mean, that's kind of you. I know, and like what it's the fuck is that? That's like with messy. No, I know. He looks I, like no way. I know. It's so we're getting close. closer. We've I don't. Li- I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I know, I dude. Like it's it. a bit tough, but Jose, even even Jose, you got to switch switch gears on the on the use a different prompt. And although we may come back with feedback or feed forward where we ask and request that you make some changes, please understand that we are entirely, 100% so grateful that Jose has chosen to put his talent and apply his talent to try to be a producer of this show. Just don't make me look scary, bro. Well, we're going to, that's until we can get the unscary (laughs) version of Dave, we're going to, we're going to withhold that AI version of our logo, but just as that's another example of somebody donating their time and their talent to help us and taylor donated his treasure aka the booty and for 25 dollars, you too can send us a voice note you can send it to me on instagram if you have my cell phone number you can send it to me you can even make a voice note and you can put it up on g drive and you can just send it to at brooks meadows excuse me 
brooks at seriousfun.io. You can share things with me, assets like that, brooks at seriousfun.io. Send us a voice note. We'd love to hear from you. For $10, you can become an associate executive producer of this show, and you can send us a note. So if you were to go to Venmo or PayPal and hit up at Brooks Meadows, you can send us that donation, you can send us that note, and we will read it. And as a reminder, I'm going to make Dave read the ones that I don't like so much, just Mm -hmm. so he can hear himself saying some ridiculous stuff from every now and again. So if you want to play a prank on Dave, write him some nonsense and we'll make him read it. And for just a dollar, for just a dollar, you can send us your name and we will read it. And we'll say thank you for being a producer of this show. So your dollar, dear listener. Yes, please. And, you know, um, there's... The last thing I want to remind people is that, like, hey, uh, if you're enjoying the show, you can help us get found by other people. And when you introduce us to another person for the first time, we call that giving people the five fingers face slap because these can feel like face slaps from time to time. So if you want to introduce us to someone else, go up to them and ask them this question. Where is the five fingers? Say to the face. (laughs) Slap. And please, if you would, please give them those serious, fun face slaps, those five-finger face slaps for us. We would appreciate it. That concludes our producer producer segment of the show, Dave. Fantastic. Can you believe it? We're doing pretty good. Doing good. We're under an hour, and we're in the back more than the, we're in the back third of the show. What hole are we on? Well, if it's the back third, I imagine we're on hole 12. We're about to tee off on hole 13. Right where it starts falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it has been falling apart. And this, I, I want to make clear again that I desire to support people who desire to be supported. And I desire to support people who want to better their lives and want to better the lives of other people. And what I hope to do with this episode is to just show you that no matter what side you're on, if you're choosing a side, you're falling into the trap. Because creating friction is how they divide and conquer, how they obscure the truth, and how they harness and weaponize vulnerable people. They nudge them without their consent into beliefs that don't actually serve them but serve the greater, uh, uh, you could call it, empire. I've said that before. We've said deep state. We've said people who are just, you know, trying to make a buck off of you. If they're trying to nudge you, it's likely for your best interest that you can start to pick out some of these things. Um, So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to transition through some more of the ways that the division is happening and the friction is being created. And then we're going to start to un uncover some of the lies that have been buried in the truth here. And that's how we're going to set up for the next show is we're going to start to talk about how we're going to break those lies and mistruths apart in the follow-up to this, which will be called Transition 2. And it'll be T-O dot 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 question mark because I'm so clever. But let's go to this uh, uh, teacher on TikTok. They even, now if you wanted to, I used to think the way that you created harmony was to bring people together. Apparently, it's to pull them apart and to put them in places like this. I teach in an explicitly trans-affirming high school. Um, we have gender support plans. We have a gender-affirming wardrobe at our school. We have binders on demand for our students and other. Do you know what a binder is, Dave? A fucking notebook, dude. You wish, dude. <laughs> 
Come on, you man. wish. Tell me it's a fucking notebook. No, dude, it's these it's these uh, really tight wraps that they give to young women who don't like their breasts, and it's and they they bind their breasts, they smash them into their body and keep them and uh, remove the blood flow from, from them and everything. They're binders. Shapewear can easily be ordered. Uh, we have they provide them at the school. Themselves in all manner of different ways, and I couldn't be prouder to work at a school that's so amazing. Um, if you would like to have your school also be an explicitly trans-affirming school, let me know. Maybe we can figure something out. <laughs> yeah, hit me up. Don't try to use an opportunity to educate people on all sides about this. Go ahead and put them in different schools. Put them in different. Eco chambers, echo chambers, where they only get fed back the affirming language and the affirming thought positions, because that always works out so well as you never get a dissenting opinion. Everybody, everything always goes well when you eliminate all dissent and all opposition, even if there are other trans people, because like we heard earlier, if you don't agree with everything, then you're out. And what's unfortunate is that people listen to people like this, another professor on TikTok, and yeah, even I'm like, oh, God. Those of you who don't know me, I am a medical school professor specializing in molecular biology. I also have an extensive background in uh, gender studies and queer studies. Ooh, they must be really smart. You're going to learn a ton. The idea of sex as an immutable characteristic is a turf talking point. It's been around for decades, and it's been weaponized against trans women in particular in the fashion of, oh, but you will always be male and therefore invading female spaces. Sex is a... That's a great, great mockery of a, of a biological woman there. Yeah, it didn't need to change the voice too much. I'll tell you what, dude, that gets me in trouble in my household. <sighs> start making start making mockery voice, voices of my wife doesn't go so well, dude. I'm surprised this person can get away with it to humans is a construct. It is a set of spectrum variables with bimodal distribution that we draw an arbitrary set of boundaries around into two broad categories. Listen to that freaking word salad. It is just a nonsense word salad. Variables with bimodal distribution. That Back it up. Spectrum variables with bimodal distribution. Spectrum variables with bimodal distribution. That we draw an arbitrary set of boundaries around. That we draw an arbitrary set of boundaries around. That is just complete nonsense. I don't think the, the, the line between male and female is all that arbitrary. It looks pretty recognizable to me. It, and in fact, it's so recognizable, we, we literally show it. But apparently it is a spectrum variable bimodal distribution of arbitrary boundaries that we draw lines around. Two broad categories, but they are not immutable characteristics. Almost all of those characteristics can be changed through hormones or through surgery. Oh, they're immutable, but they can, they're immutable. They're not immutable. They can be changed by artificial means. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's the dumbest shit ever. You can't. This person's a professor at University of Washington. This is literally an argument that gets trans women killed and is the thing that people are using to tell us that we can't change our birth certificates, right? Stop. You stop. We're, the logic is even getting weirder to try to support some of these, quote, gender-affirming care Here's another human on TikTok. There's a reason I'm using TikTok clips. You're going to find out in the next episode. But there's a reason I'm using TikTok clips is because this is where a lot of the education 
and I'm putting air quotes. You can't see it because I'm doing it with my fingers. But I'm putting finger quotes around education. Listen to the weird logic behind this human. The thing that gets me about the anti-trans conservative rhetoric around like puberty blockers for trans kids is that if they really did care about making sure children weren't being mutilated or weren't being like coerced, they would be the number one advocates for puberty blockers. All right. So it's the start of the logic is if you didn't believe in mutilation of kids, you actually should be in favor of puberty blockers. If you're in, if you're, in favor of non-mutilation, you should be in favor of puberty blockers. Let's hear why. Only because they were empirically supported and because they were developed for cisgender people. They were empirically supported and they're developed for cisgender people. But because they would realize that forcing somebody to go through a puberty with a dominant hormone that is misaligned with your actual gender, that would be, by their terms, mutilation. So if you allowed a, a child... To transition through puberty in the way that is, I'll just say it, natural, whatever is going to happen without intervention, that that is a form of mutilation, that nature running its course is a form of mutilation. And he, the way that he said, if that's not aligned with their actual gender, well, it seems like their actual gender is the thing that's going to play out with, without their involvement. That seems to be what's actually happening, but this human has somehow flipped it to where that's not what's actually happening isn't the thing that's observable. Because imagine if we sat a bunch of 13-year-old cisgender boys around and we were like, hey, boys, um, we know that you're boys. We know that you've been boys as long as you've been alive, and it's very clear to us that you are boys, but we just want to be so sure. So we're actually going to make you go through estrogen-based puberty instead. So that way, like, when you get to the end of that road and you're 18, you can decide if you still wanted to be that boy that you, you know, always showed signs that you were. Can you imagine if we did that? That would be fucked up. But that's literally what you are doing to trans kids. Apparently, that's he said literally. I don't think he knows what literally means because that's not literally what they're doing. They're trying to stop them from giving them artificial hormones. They're trying to stop that. So they literally can't be doing it. But. Because forcing somebody to go through a puberty with a dominant hormone that is misaligned with your actual gender is a forced mutilation by conservative standards. So you would think that they would be the number one advocates for blockers and go, oh my gosh, yeah, why don't we like put a pause on this so that way you can decide and like in a couple years see how you feel. Like, I just wish they would shut up. Just fucking see how you feel. Just see how you feel. Just like pump all these things in your body and just see how you feel. This this Dude. human sounds like someone who knows a lot about the human body and how it works and how and how hormones and you can just stop them. Dave, I'm going to reflect back. Part of the artificial everything was the belief that you that we are these hackable oh that was hackable animals. We are these hackable animals that can just be poked, prodded and have things switched off and turned on and there's no repercussion. You can just turn off puberty for a couple of years and just like let them think about it. And that that, that well, I don't see what the big deal is. The the line of thinking, this is part of the the issue when when you're trying to recruit allies. There's going to come a time where the people who want to be an ally just by their nature like hey, I you know I can imagine that the life that you're living that comes with struggle, and I imagine that the life that you're living comes with conflict and people looking at you weird. And that I don't want that for anybody. I, I'm I'm going to say that I do not want that for anybody to feel like they're not 
part of the group, to feel that they're isolated and can't connect with people. I don't want that for people. I desire to be an ally. But when you start saying stuff like that, it's really hard to get behind what you're saying because it makes no sense. And if it makes no sense, then it is nonsense. And I personally can't get behind nonsense like that, and I can't get behind nonsense like this. The thing that's complicated about my whole like gender situation, and I feel like there are other non-binary people who deal with this too, is the fact that the way I understand my gender and the way that I want other people to understand my gender are two wildly different things. Because I and certain people that I've talked to about this understand the nuances and complicated relationships that I have with womanhood. So those are included when we think of me as a woman or say she her like those weird relationships are still understood but almost everyone else they don't have that so they don't get to call me those things to almost everyone else in real life i am not a woman and i use they them but then because i will call myself a woman or use she her understanding the nuances of it all i feel guilty when i feel bad about getting misgendered by people who should be using they them and not thinking of me as a woman I mean, they're not wrong, except they don't know they're not wrong. They've been told I'm non-binary and I use they, them. So why are they still thinking of me as a woman? Dude, I don't, I can't even like, this is, you can't follow this. Think about what you'd think about. (laughs) (laughs) Do that one again. (laughs) Think about what you'd think about. (laughs) That's what I hear when I hear this human talking. They, They... They call me by the right gender because of the way that I'm observed, which is a woman. But because they don't know the nuance of your personal story, they are incapable of making a honest and uh, correct assumption about your sex. And this, it's, I use this word, I don't use this word likely, it's crazy. Yeah, this is, this is just. It's something, there is something going on where this nonsense is getting normalized as like you can just be nonsensical and end the argument somehow as if nonsense is how you end the argument listen to this hi i just want to say that i don't use they them pronouns you use they them pronouns for me i also am not a they and i'm not a them and i'm not a they them my pronouns are they them if you need a noun to use for me just call me a bitch (laughs) okay Okay, I'll do it. If you insist. If you insist. What is also apparent is, again, it's all in the language. Like, the, the pronoun things. I, I, my personal hypothesis about the pronoun things is that it, it's intentionally meant. It's curated confusion. Dude, listen. What, what's your, your middle name is like. It's like uh, Alexander. Alexander. If you came to me and you were like, hey, man, I'm going to start going by Alexander now. I'd say, okay, that's great, man. And I'd accidentally call you Brooks a handful of times, you know. On autopilot. On autopilot. We've been knowing each other for years. Maybe three, maybe 20, who knows. But then it would start to to click in and you could be Alexander. And that's great. That's great. If you wanted to be fucking called Susan, that's great too, dude. All good. I just don't get any of this other stuff. Man. I, I don't. I don't think you'd be able to get this. I, I think you could transition from Alexander, but I don't think. I think this is a step too far for Dave Robinson. 
Let's talk about void self pronouns. What? Voy itself pronouns. Void self pronouns are neo pronouns inspired by the word void. They're neo. Dude, AKA this is why I can't pronouns. do languages. I, I, it doesn't. I, I can't do it. We are we are very quickly making English impossible to learn. Yeah, yeah, impossible to learn. And at least American English with all because again, I, he, she, it is enough for me in Spanish. You start giving me Dude. void, void itself. I mean. And they can be used by anyone, regardless of gender identity or expression. They also may fall under the dehuman pronouns. And void, void pronouns were created in 2014. And they're used in the same way that they then pronouns are used. So you might say, I met void today. Or void went to the shop if you are the individual who uses void, void pronouns. Yeah, I don't think Dave's going to make it all the way to void, void pronouns. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> yeah. You got to get the money, man. Can you imagine if you worked in a corporate setting? Like, I'm just walking in on my first day of work, and it's like, hey, what, what's going on, y'all? I'm Dave. And then this just starts going off, and you got, like, I, I wouldn't make it, man. Imagine if you, imagine if you met it. this person at work. Hi, I'm Cody. I primarily go by E, M, or Z, Zen pronouns, but I'm comfortable being referred to using any neo-pronouns that are not Z here. And a little bit about who I am. I am a white, transmasculine, femme, non-binary, disabled, neurodivergent, obsessive-compulsive, chronically ill, unitarian universalist, raised Jewish, non-monogamous, demi-lo-romantic, great demi-bisexual, survivor of acute and complex trauma, millennial, and parent in mental health. Hi, I'm Dave. Nice to meet you. It's a, it's a mental illness. That's fucking dumb. I mean, that's what it really is. Dude, listen to all those words. I don't want to do it again. Word salad. Don't neurodivergent, obsessive, compulsory, disabled, neurodivergent, obsessive. My bad, my bad. I am a white, transmasculine, femme, non-binary. A white, transmasculine, I can't even keep up with it. We'll just listen one more time. White, transmasculine, femme, non-binary, disabled, neurodivergent, obsessive, compulsive, chronically ill, unitarian, universalist, raised Jewish, non-monogamous, demi-lo-romantic, great demi-bisexual, survivor of acute and complex trauma, millennial, and parent in mental health. Whew, that's a lot. That's a lot. So when people like that come and they say, hey, I, I want this to be normalized, I, I mean, with all due respect, if you want to express how you want to express, if you want to dress how you want to dress, you want to change your physical body, you want to do whatever you want to do, that is fine. But when you start coming with things like this, we're starting to transition into a different sphere. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose a lot of people. And here is how they're going to lose a lot of people, Dave. I learned from, you know, out of the cradle that I am, you know, that. Let me set this up. Let me back this up. This is a, uh, like a, like a forum with a bunch of kids and Daniel Radcliffe who played Harry Potter. Correct. Great job, Dave. Thank you. That's great. On the ball. Dumbledore is dead. This is why. This is where we're gonna. This is how we're gonna close the show and begin to transition it. This is why it's going to lose steam, and and how it's going to lose is because they've taken it a step too far. I learned from you know, out of the cradle that I am, you know, that I was a boy. I should like blue. I should like sports. I should be manly. I should like superheroes. Yeah, and I wonder who taught that person. It's, it sounds like a little biological boy that's transitioning to be a girl, and they're saying the most cliche things ever. I, I mean, 
not every boy is taught these things. Not every boy. This Dude, I boy. had two little sisters. <laughs> I, I fucking played Barbies with them, you know? Like, I also played sports and played outside. And, you know, I've had my little G.I. Joe things. And you, it's entirely environment-based. If, if my sisters didn't exist and I didn't have Barbies or... I wouldn't fucking play him. If I didn't have G.I. Joe's from my dad, I wouldn't fucking play it. You know, like it just it's. Yeah. So I I think and again, this uh, some of this just smells so fishy to me because these sound like completely set up, you know, and if and if not, like it's definitely curated where you found a very well spoken and able to self-express young human (laughs) that has some good points to make. But it's again, it's all too nudge you into believing that this what he's about to say is okay you know that i was a boy i should like blue i should like sports i should be manly i should like superheroes yeah and i just i never associated myself with those things and we are told that we're not old enough to know to know this yet like i mean i'm only 11 years old how do i know i'm a girl and i need more time to think about this but there are also people who do have like a slightly condescending but well-meaning attitude of like, well, people are young and like, how do we, you know, that is a huge decision. I'd love to hear from all of you about like why we can trust kids to like tell us who they are. And that right there, it may be well-intentioned, it may be well-meaning, but when you start talking about kids... Things start to go off of the rails. Here is a, see if you can listen closely and hear what this march that is for LGBTQIA equality has to say. So the main message was supposed to be, we're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. But I heard something else at the beginning of this clip. Here. Coming for your children. That was pretty, pretty clear. Pretty clear. And when you start coming for the children, I think that that is where this whole thing is going to get broken apart but remember it's a right-wing extremist conspiracy theory to now be against child trafficking and human trafficking well i guess amir odom gay black man must follow must must be a hyper conservative white supremacist colonialist oppressor then because he doesn't like this shit either People who identify as paragender feel as though their gender is made up of a dominant gender and a minor gender or genders. And people who identify as paraboy feel as though their dom cannot, will not, and will not know. This is why, you know what? This is why people are over it. 
I can't, we, we cannot, genuinely cannot function in a society like this. I want to be accepting. I want to be loving. I want to be caring. I want to be inclusive, but I cannot for things that are just insane, that people just come up with willy-nilly. The lesbians, the gays, and the bi's really clearly defined. Guys that likes guys, girls that like girls, and guys and girls who like both guys and girls. Clear. We understand it. We get it. We can move on. This TQ plus shit, I don't know what this is. Half of us can't even understand it. It's hard to keep up. It's coming up on the fly. You can't defend something like this. You cannot defend something you cannot define. It's confusing. And I have nothing to do with this. Just because I'm a gay man, I have nothing to do with this. This is batshit crazy. I'm telling you, man, it's getting split on the fault line of cis versus trans. When you open the door up to trans, you open the door up to a lot of different stuff. And I don't mean just acceptance as someone who wants to change their their sex or their gender uh, outwardly. I mean, like, philosophically, when you start engaging in some of these ideas, it is a doorway into some philosophical traps that we will get into in the next show. Dude, if people want to be furries, that's fine. They just got to do it inside in their own houses. You can't be a fucking furry at school. It's just... Oh, they're trying to let kids that identify as cats yeah, lick out saying. of a bowl in the corner. And go dude. to go to like literally have a litter box in the corner. Like this is just this is not. And so you're starting to get pushback. You're starting yeah. to get pushback, as you might imagine, from guys like this who's hanging out with his son, and uh, he he needs to make sure he's getting his fair share of programming in for his son too. My name's Cooper, and I'm a boy. I'm a boy. And my name's Cooper. I'm Cooper, and I'm a straight white boy. I'm a white straight boy Cooper. Cooper the straight white boy. I'm a white straight boy named Cooper. Cooper's my name. I'm straight, I'm white, and I'm a boy. I identify as he. I'm a man, a boy, a white straight boy. A white. And I believe in God, kind of. Yeah, it was the it was the it was the white white for me. Why am I saying what what way? And and while most people may believe that the only opposition is coming from hyper conservative white supremacist colonialist patriarchy type of people, that's not true. Here's a character, and I you know it's a drag character. She goes by Lady Maga, and this is her talking about leaving the mainstream LGBTQ plus, uh, you know, thought patterns and political parties. The LGBTQIA plus plus XYZ LMNOP MAP movement. Um, MAP. That's also included in this. And uh, do you know what MAP stands for? Fucking pedophile. Minor attractive peoples. They're trying to normalize minor attractive peoples, a.k.a. pedophiles. And they're lumped into all this, so unfortunately, we may have to end up getting into that. I'm sure that will be quite possibly Dave's least favorite show, but let's listen to Lady Maga. They no longer stand for equality or inclusion. They stand for cultural dominance. And I really decided to step away once they started pushing hormones and castration and sterilization on children. Because guess what? When I was nine years old, I used to sneak and wear my sister's cheerleading outfits. I've always loved hair and makeup. So if I had been born today in this modern LGBTQIA XYZ culture, they would have told me I'm in the wrong body. And they could have given me hormones. They could have mutilated me before I was 18 and knew what I was doing. 
So the reason I stepped away is because all I ask is the freedom to be gay, wear a wig, have a good time. My freedoms end where the freedoms of others begin. And that includes evangelical Christians. That includes people who say I'm going to hell because I am a free speech absolutist. And if I want to have the free speech to, you know, be crazy and have fun, then I have to defend the free speech of others. And so that's why I, in 2019, I just said enough is enough. This LGBTQIA plus movement is doing things in my name, so to speak, that I cannot tolerate. Good. Finally, somebody said some decent shit. Finally, Dave agrees with somebody. I agreed with Axiom too, but they, uh, Lady Maga said they now it used to be about acceptance. Now it's about cultural dominance. That's where I started this show, was that this is a fault line for culture. And most people are making it out to be, uh, it's it's either you're the oppressor and the oppressed. That is the whole position of this movement, is that there are oppressors and there are the oppressed. And right now, the biggest, most oppressed people, according to this scale, this arbitrary set of boundaries, you might say, is... That, you know, uh, it it is this issue. So, it's not over uh, oppressor and oppressed, I don't think. I believe that the cultural revolution is using the oppressor oppressed to push the friction and hide the truth. And so what we're going to do to set up the next show is begin uncovering some of the truth that I think is important in order to land in a place that makes sense for us, you and I, and for anyone that wants to really just see what what is actually happening and not what is being pushed in the media, which is division, and you're either an oppressor or an oppressed, and, or the oppressed, and if you're not an ally, you're out. It doesn't even matter if you're a transhuman or not. If you don't get on the train, you're off the train, and if you're off the train, yeah, uh, you're you're you know, again, need to be eliminated. Uh, you need to be pushed out of society. You need to be, you're, you're labeled as an extremist if you don't agree with everything. And unfortunately, the truth is starting to come out and it starts with nurses like this. Um, I'm Jamie Reed. I have a master's of science in clinical research management and I was previously the caseworker in the pediatric transgender center at a clinic in St. Louis, Missouri. So in the middle of the middle of America, um, I started, well, I spent about four years and four months in that position. I worked at the university previous to working with trans kids. I was working with young adults who were HIV positive. I have a lot of experience in case management. I worked with kids who are in foster care, um, and I've also worked in a lot of medical and health settings too. So I came into the clinic really excited about the opportunity that I thought was going to be to help trans youth and their parents. So this nurse has come forward. She said, hey, like, I've been working with kids a long time. I started working with the kids uh, that had, like, eight, were HIV positive, And she started moving into uh, the, like, trans units because she believed in what was going on. And then, you know, the story progresses. 
Right away, I was struck by the lack of organization for the center. So there was no real written protocols. It seemed like it was kind of a fly by the seat of the pants kind of operation. They had already been open for a solid year before I got there. And yet it seemed like they were kind of operating outside of a lot of the normal structures that you'd see in medicine. Most of the departments and divisions in medicine have a lot of layers. There's a lot of top heavy, there's a lot of, you know, administrative roles. And it seemed like the center was kind of off on its own, had this little pocket. And I was also struck at the very beginning because the administration of this hospital let this clinic open. And I was told that they originally thought that they were going to have about 50 patients total. And when I left, we were close to 2,000. Jeez, dude. Goo! Sounds like the hospitals are being overflowed, but with something else. With something else. Key thing is that it was very unregulated. It was not... It, these types of units, these hospital units that are providing, quote, gender-affirming care are not organized and run, on, uh, at least according to her, like other departments within a hospital with lots of checks and regulations and protocols. It's very loosey-goosey. And when you get some loosey-goosey stuff going on in the hospital, it's very open for infiltration mm-hmm. and companies that may desire to benefit from the customer base that are your organization is bringing in. So she believes that there is another element to this that is not being discussed and this is where we will uh, finish our clips for the day I'll, t- I'll go through some ISOs and we'll transition and we'll close the show Okay. what could it be? This will set up our next week I definitely have come to believe that in the United States there is an element of social contagion in play going on with young people who are seeking out care um, in gender centers. And I'm not the only one to believe that. I had lots of parents report very similar things. And there were even a number of patients in the center who would report and directly said i i only got this online i think it's well known in medicine that adolescent girls are just more more open and more susceptible to many different kinds of social contagions that has to do with a lot of ways that girls are socialized but also the way that girls interact in kind of group settings and pick up things and show empathy with those in their group setting oftentimes by taking on attributes in those group settings so I didn't just see that these kids were picking up gender as a social contagion we have a lot of issues right now in my country with adolescents who are experiencing tick disorders they think they have Tourette's they don't. there's been a recent wave of young people believing that they have um, what they refer to as DID so multiple personalities yeah, yeah. Um, you are seeing these things directly coming from social media Ta-da. That AI and hackable animals, you're seeing this come a lot from social media. 
No, no one. Again, we're going to break it down in the next show, so I won't give too much away. But there is a reason why you've seen unprecedented numbers, and it isn't because they were just too afraid to come out. There's a high probability that what is happening is something more akin to social contagion, and social contagion uh, often happens by being nudged into a behavior. And just like that, you can, you too, can start a cultural revolution when you have the tools like social media. But who? And what is behind this? That is what we're going to tackle in the next episode. But before we transition out of here, Dave, can we just play a couple of ISOs? There's a couple that I've brought today that I've used, and I'd just like to go through them and tell me your best. Tell me which one you like the most. Okay. Can we end this on a fun note? Please, dude. All right. This is one. Think about what you'd think about. Yeah, I liked that one earlier. That was good. All right. Huge. Of course, huge. Huge. Okay. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> that one's just funny because it's Alex Jones. Uh, that one's funny. This is Alex Jones, and I think I think this one will be your favorite. I have so many people asking for my booty. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the it. one. That's it. That's the one. One that's more time. It. One more time for the people in the back. I have so many people asking for my booty. Oh, God. Bless People want it, the captain's dude. booty, man, and we got it. We got it. You got it, dude, and we're going to get some ice cream tonight, bro. Let's fucking go. Let's dude. go, dude. I'll get you some ice cream my tonight. Man, dude. My man. Great job today, dude. Thank you. This was no easier for you this time no, than man, it was I had last fucking, time. Like, I was sitting here, and I had my head in my hands, and I was like, why do I have deja vu right now? But it feels terrible. And I'm like, oh, because we fucking did this we already. We did this already? <laughs> and and we, where I'm... Better hit save. Upload this to the cloud now. Now. It's going up online as soon as we get this done. And as a reminder, we want to say thank you. You can donate your time, your talent, your treasure. You can become a producer of the Serious Fun Podcast. We would love to receive that value back for any value you're receiving. Thank you to all the producers of this show. Thank you to the producers of the next show. Thank you, Dave Robinson, for sitting with me today. And uh, we are going to go into some of that social contagion next week and who might be behind it. How can we recognize? it and are there any other examples of this in the past we'll find out next week on the serious fun podcast see you do television or do school or at home how my mother was raised up or whatever thing you know I, I was put in this box you know we all are because I was looking for somebody else God I started doing the world differently. I became more in tune with nature. Now I can see. I'm like, okay, I see you. I see what you're doing. You're showing me signs. Showing me signs. Showing me signs. Showing me signs. Nobody is all.